Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Woo. <laughs> That's Joel T. Coleman. Hold on. Hold on, guys. Hold on. <laughs> I'm not going to let you off the hook like that. I mean, Hold on. we all have bad days. Got to wet the whistle. Do I need to do it or are you good? <clears throat> Got to stretch. All right. Ooh, that felt like it hurt a little. Woo! All right, that's, that's better. That's better. I know, I know it hurts you. Right. I know it hurts you. Uh, we're we're going to have a freaking, on Wednesday or Thursday, well, I guess tomorrow's the rumblings. I guess I could have get asked a question that could take me down there. We're going to have like a Festivus kind of deal going on here in a, in, in a day or two here. You guys going to let it, let it all hang draw. out? We're going to have an airing of grievances. Really? Yeah. All not, right. Not, not me to you. Okay, I about to say. But uh, it's coming. But I'm going to tell you right now, the feats of strength, good luck pinning me to the ground. <laughs> That's probably not happening for you, buddy. We can use my tripod as the pole, though. I got that I got that, that camera tripod I use. That can be our, our Festivus pole. Ah. I find tinsel distracting. <laughs> as, as our rain blows down upon oh. him, I realize there had to be a better way. Oh, uh, man. I got some problems with some people. They're right. going to hear about it. We'll see what happens. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in this morning. We appreciate it at supertalk.fm or wherever you get your podcasts. And we always appreciate our listeners, especially the servicemen and women out there who protect us and uh, stay in harm's way to keep us free. And, of course, we want to thank our sponsor, Strange Brew Coffee, House and Turn and Spoon Ice Cream. Ah, the weather has officially started to turn. That means it's pumpkin spice time. Are you a pumpkin spice kind of guy? Uh, not really. Is your wife? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I had no doubt. I had no doubt asking, like, guys, you know how it is. If you have a girl, she's a pumpkin spice fan. Actually, to be honest with you, she's more of the uh, getting closer to Christmas, the, the peppermint mocha. Peppermint. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, we're not there yet. I'm not, I'm not jumping there. That, that's more her thing. We are I, still in the spooky season. I, I don't, I, actually, I say that she likes pumpkin spice. I don't think it's, she would much rather have the peppermint stuff. But she'll do the pumpkin peppermint. spice right now. I Actually, she'd rather just have the regular mocha. So you lied to our listeners. Well, I, this I is what post postseason baseball has done to you: taking a reputable what I'm, what I'm man is, of God and turned him into a liar. Didn't turn into a liar. Turned, <laughs> I turned asked the question. You said the answer, and then two seconds later, you're like, "Actually, no." Well, it's not like her favorite, you know. I'm I'm trying to give you like degrees. All right. of, of the the, the what problem I'm, here what is I'm trying to ask is Strange this. Brew has too much good stuff. Well, here's That's what I'm trying problem. to ask you. I want to know the answer to this. If we took Katie Coleman to Strange Brew Coffee House, would she order pumpkin spice? Would that be the first thing she ordered? Probably not. If I said, "Katie, you want me to pick you up a pumpkin spice latte?" What would she say? Sure. Okay, then that's all I needed to know. Strange Brew Coffee House spreading pumpkin spice and discord <laughs> since God knows when. I'm angry today, Brian. I could tell. Angry. I, I'm ornery. I, I wish this was like a Monday pod. And <laughs> our friend Jake Wimberly, he gets got me. He said, we're going to talk about this comment that Joe made about Bob from Boca Chitta. Jake Wimberly says, I think Joe's referring to Bob Meat. We all know about him. Oh, that's good stuff. Oh. We'll talk about we we got a lot to talk about today. We got our SEC picks. Joel's Rebels kept him in it. Uh, it was it was almost over. It was all over but the crying. But then Joel's beloved Rebs found a way to win for him. Uh, at least but, one red and blue team didn't let me down. <laughs> oh man, look at you! You can't, you can't say things like that. People are going to find out. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> all right. So today's show, I have a question. I have an interesting question. I, I thought of it today, and then Joe's comments today. This Bob from Bogachita thing. What came first, the question or the Bob from Bogachita comment? The question. I, oh, I came up with it last okay. night. I thought I was thinking about it. And then I was like, okay, we can make it. I think we can do a podcast on this. And then Joe and the reaction to this has sort of sealed it for me. So here's what here's my question. Do you know what Nick Fitzgerald and Joe Moorhead have in common? I do. Yes. I do. We all think I think you all can put it together. They all had to follow the guy. What do we always say? You never want to be the guy who follows the guy. Be the guy that follows the guy that follows the guy. And case in point, look at how beloved Garrett Schrader is right now. Why is that? Why? He followed the guy who followed the guy. I promise you. Actually, Gar- in some ways, Garrett followed the guy. Well, I'm, followed we're the not guy getting that into that. The guy that followed the guy. Tommy Stevens was being embraced too. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And uh, I'm telling you right now, we go back and Garrett Schrader is a true freshman in 2016. Not this kind of love affair with him, even neck beard and all. Not not the, because he would have been following the guy. I think Joe Moorhead has a little bit of that, and maybe I'm guilty of it too because I've been a, a, a harsh critic at times of Joe Moorhead. And so have you. At times, but not that it hasn't been deserved. Not that he hasn't made mistakes. What if he just said Brian from Vicksburg? Hmm? I'd have stood up and been like, "You're damn right." <laughs> I'm not gonna worry about Brian from Vicksburg's opinion. You don't, you don't want to mess with the city of Vicksburg, all right? <laughs> we 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 know how to rumble. Uh but that said, Joel from Ackerman could have yeah, been brought up too. Could have very well uh, been. I wrote a dang column yeah. saying that it's. Which I do think it is the most important yeah. game of his tenure. But anyway. Do are we harder on Moorhead? Do we have higher expectations of him? Are we overly critical of him because he followed the guy? The answer to that question in short is yes. Because Dan Mullen created a baseline expectation here at Mississippi State. And I do think Bob from Bogachita and Brian from Vicksburg and Joel from Ackerman and everybody else out there, in their minds, want to see that bar raised. Um, and, and the bottom line is, Dan Mullen, historically for what Mississippi State has done, set an incredibly high bar. I don't know for a fact that there was a hire out there that could come in here and take the program higher. Because to take it higher from what Dan Mullen did is basically saying you're going to take it into being a 10-11 win team every year, right? Is that fair? Yes. And and if you want to do that in Starkville, I'm not saying that you cannot. I'm saying nobody's ever done it before. You're going to be the first. It's hard to do. And and look, one of the main people that's that's to blame for that, though, and I think he would tell you this because he kind of has, is Joe Moorhead. Because when Joe Moorhead landed his plane at Bryan Airfield in Starkville, I guess he didn't land the plane, whoever was driving the plane landed the plane. Whenever they landed in Starkville, before Joe Moorhead ever had to deal with a Highway 12 median, before he ever took his first bite of MSU ice cream, he was out there at Bryan Airfield telling Jeffrey Simmons to get your ring size ready. Yes, he was. He was telling Nick Fitzgerald to get your Heisman Trophy case ready. He said all so he 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 did all some of this himself 
And, and he basically said that at media day. Mm-hmm. Uh, he kind of felt like he wanted to walk, walk some of that back. Yep. But you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. No. And, and so he kind of, whereas fans wanted that bar raised, mm-hmm. he then came in and said, well, I'm finna raise it. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that he won't. He may get there one day and do it. He said if it's raining soup, get a bowl. <laughs> Tanner Allen, that sucker the other day busted that I'm out. I'm trying to work that into some more stuff. <laughs> oh, me. But anyway, I do think he's held to a higher standard uh, because fans want to see that next step taken, and that's tough to do in Starkville. But he's a little bit to blame, too, for coming in and saying that we're going to have get, – get get your ring sizes and, they're finna, you know, he, he – he, he did nothing to say it might may take a second, you know. <laughs> he did yeah. he did nothing to kind of pump any kind of brakes and things. Um, that said, there isn't anything wrong too. I think that that there's a segment of the Mississippi State fan base sometimes that criticizes other parts of the of the Mississippi State fan base for wanting more. You know, I've seen on message boards and forth before th- things people talking about. Yeah, you, know, you got to be realistic. You're never going to be a national champion at Mississippi State, kind of right. thing, and that whole nine yards. And you may never be, but you're barking up the wrong tree if you don't hire coaches that think they can do it. So right. I, I do I, I 100% respect the fact, because I think Joe Moorhead believes he can do that here. I'm not saying that he will. What, what, what can you say that is both satisfying to a fan base and doesn't appear to be negative in that situation? I mean, do you say, like, we want to continue to have the kind of success at Mississippi State that Dan Mullen brought here? Is that, is that the right line there? You know, we we would like to, we want to see if we can take it another step, because that way you're saying we want to see we want to see if we can do that. We're not saying we're going to do that. I mean, I think if I was a football coach and I'm not, mm-hmm. uh, we'll never be. I don't know that I'd win the press conference, mm-hmm. but I think I come in and I'm I'm a little bit real with the people in in saying that you know what, it's really hard. To win in the SEC West, you got Alabama, you got LSU, but I am not going to rest ever on trying to pass them. Period, and leave it at that. You know, I I don't think you have to come in and promise I'm going to win a national championship. You know, I don't think you have to come in and promise the world. I think you just keep it real and you let the people know that this is kind of a hard job. Look historically over the hundred whatever years of Mississippi State football. You know, the SEC championships, what we got in 1941, shout out to you guys. It's tough. It's tough to do here in Starville. It's tough to get to Atlanta. I don't think that, that, that it's even believable, so to speak, to come in and say, yeah, hey, we're going to win the national championship in football. Right. I don't even think that's – I mean, that's pipe dream talk. I'm not saying it'll never happen. I'm just saying that historically you're going to have to work your tail off and it ain't likely to right. happen. It could – and I just think you've got to keep it real with folks and come in and 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 you you ask what to say. You just say this is a really tough gig, but that don't matter to me. I'm gonna work my butt off to make sure that do all I can to pass these guys kind of thing. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Maybe you give me time to word a press conference. I could say it in a way that gets the cowbells clanging. But I just think that that coming in saying you know get the national title rings ready and the Heisman Trophy ready and. And then to to put up the product that so far he has put up, which you know historically eight and five ain't that bad. I mean, yeah, I, do we think he underachieved? Yeah, but just from a record standpoint, eight and five ain't that bad. If they finish seven and five this year, not that bad. 
But when you come in saying the things that he said and talk about raising the bar and all you do is maintain the bar and possibly even take it back just a smidge, yeah, you can expect some criticism. Yeah, I agree. I agree. A lot of the criticism Moorhead has received has been justified. Much as the same way some of the criticism Nick Fitzgerald received was justified. But I do think that there is a there's always going to be a portion of a fan base that's just unwilling or unable to cheer for the next guy. Especially, it was really tough for Fitzgerald. Because that guy didn't do anything in his time at Mississippi State to not make you cheer for him. He beat Ole Miss every time he got to play a full game against them. He, he was tough. He played hard. He came back from a devastating injury. He should have been very well respected. But he, he wasn't for whatever reason. And I think a portion of that was because he followed Dak. Um, and I think Moorhead's going to get some of that too. Now, let's talk about this comment. That's it though, Dan. It's not like he's beloved. I think he will be in time, but right Dan now Dan is not beloved because of the way he left. So you can't – Dak just left. I mean, that's college football. They just – they cycle – players cycle, cycle out. But with Dan, it's the way he left. But every time State loses a game, people get fonder of Dan. You know, I'll go to – if, if, if Moore had gone 10-2 and two last year and won the bowl game, say he's 11-2, and two, nobody misses Dan Mullen. Yeah. Nobody. But you went 8-5 and five, and now you're 3-2 you're and two, and you're not sure about this season – Everybody misses Dan Mullen. And what's one of the main topics that has been talked about since last, the end of last season? Well, Mullen would have went nine and three, ten and two. Mm-hmm. Like you've heard that a million times from a million different places. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, this comment, Bob from Bogachetta. <laughs> Am I the only one? And, and and we talked about it on Sports Talk today. Is. Am I the only one who thinks that what he's trying to say is, I know there's criticism out there, but I'm not paying attention to it? I didn't think there was a darn thing wrong with Joe Moore's I mean, comment on Monday. As much as MSU fans absolutely killed Hugh Freeze for just... I mean, Hugh Freeze didn't just respond to criticism. He sought it out. He would go on Twitter and try to find people talking about him. And, and then respond to And it. then respond to that like a 12-year-old. And state fans gave Ole Miss people hell about that. And now the, the coach says today, look, I'm not really that concerned with what the rant. He's not saying he's not concerned with what fans think. He's saying he's not concerned with what random internet, message board, social media, vocal minority fan is. And here, here's the truth. And if you're listening, this is the truth. If you are a fan who advocates the firing of Joe Moorhead, you are in the vocal minority. Because the majority of fans don't believe that. They just don't. So, for me, for him to say that, I don't feel like he's saying anything negative there, but man, was there a lot of response to that of people saying that they can't, they're they angry. People who have in the past blasted me for being negative were hitting me up with fire Moorhead today. I mean, what are the, here's the, you don't want to coach, you don't want a Hugh Freeze. You don't want a coach that's paying attention to what Bob from Bogachitta or Brian from Vicksburg or whoever say it. You, you, you don't want that. You want a coach that is singularly fo- focused on his team and what he needs to do to get better and not care about the other. He, here's what I want to ask you, because I've thought about this since he said it. Do you think Joe is telling 100% truth with that statement? He said that he doesn't pay 
any attention or whatever to Bob from Bogachita's opinion. I think it's true. Because Joe's pretty active on Twitter. Joe Joe sees what's on Twitter. He is. Joe reads what's on Twitter. Joe follows a lot of random Bob from Bogachita's on Twitter, I think. Yeah. I I, I, I'll just say, and this is my opinion, and I may be wrong. And, Joe, if you listen to this, you can tell me I'm wrong if you'd like. My guess is Joe has probably laid in the bed before scrolling through Twitter or something, or sat on his recliner scrolling through Twitter and seen what Bob from Bogachita well, has this said. Well, that's, that's the point, though. That's, it's, it's not that he isn't aware of the criticism. It's that it's not... It's not driving. impacting, it's what, not he impacting does. what he does. Yes. He's not sitting here at, at home thinking, I've got to change the game plan because fans are telling me, you know, let's look at it like this. If he did think like that, then he needs to go. Well, not only that, if he thought like that, Kylan Hill would have been getting more carries last year. <laughs> That's true, too. So, I mean, I can't make it any simpler than that. If he was reading criticism and saying, I've got to act on that, Kylan Hill would have been carrying the ball and Aaron Williams would have been carrying the ball a hell of a lot more than they did. But they weren't. So, you know, he's going to do his what he thinks is best. So what what are people upset about, I guess is what I'm asking. I think they feel like what he said was, I don't care. Again, I think they, they think he's saying, I don't care what fans think. I don't care. I don't care about the fans. That's not what he's saying. He's saying he's not basing what he does as the coach and the leader of the football program. He's not basing his decisions on what fans think. Because he, he he's not going to change his coaching style because Jim Bob was an all-district center in 1972 over at East Webster kind of deal. Well, Jim Bob was a hell of a player. <laughs> he, was, he was really good. I don't know. I guess at that point there wasn't even an East Webster. I think it was just Matheson or whatever yeah. back then. But, but yeah, uh, he's, not, he's, he's, not, he's not listening to me and you. Yeah, and he shouldn't. Yeah, I mean, he might listen to our podcast. I, I wouldn't be totally surprised if, you know, when he's in the office, he might put a, an MSU-related podcast on just to hear what we have to say. Just to, you know, what is it, what are they saying? But he's not going to say, oh, man, Brian and Joel made a good point there. Maybe I should be doing it. He's not, you know. Unless we do make a good point. Well, uh, Sometimes maybe we make a good point. He's he, like, you know he, what, those guys are he right. He would bring it up. It's going to be more like these guys, two guys don't know anything about anything. <laughs> and we admit that. And we'll tell you that to your face, Joe. You just have to ask. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I was surprised at the backlash at that comment, especially, like I said, and I, this, this is one of those things where people want to have their cake and eat it too a little bit. They want to get mad at Freeze for doing this kind of thing, but they also want to get mad at Moorhead for not doing this guy. Nobody's ever had and He talked to me. That's what he said. He said there's no... There's no pleasing some people. You know, then there's <sighs> bottom line is, yeah. He is always going to get the Mullen comparison. Back to where we we're talking about the, the guy after the guy. Mm-hmm. Folks are always going to say, "Well, Mullen could have done better or this could have happened or what unless Joe comes in and does take it to the next level." Which to me, taking it to the next level is winning 9 plus games every year, which is going to be incredibly difficult. Yes. But that's it. I think what this this is what you know if you you could put the honesty belt on Joe Moorhead, what he really would have said day one would have been like, "I'm going to win here, and I'm going to win immediately, but it's going to take time to build the program that I want. I can build a program that wins nine plus games every year and can challenge in the SEC West. I can do that, but I can't do it this year." And I probably can't do it next year. And I may not be able to do it the year after that. It's going to take some time. Just as it took time to get from where you were in 08 to where you were in 18, 
it's going to take time to get from where you are in 19 to where I want to be in 2022, 2023. And, and I think it's fair that it's tougher to get from where state is now to that yeah. 10 than it is to get from three, four wins to eight. I'm not one of these people who says, you know, oh, well, it's easy to get to a bowl game. Because if it was easy, everybody would do it. All right? Even before the bowl ban, Ole Miss was missing a, a bowl game in 2016. Uh, Auburn has not been to as many bowls in a row as Mississippi State. South Carolina, Florida have not been to as many bowls in a row as Mississippi State. It's not that it's easy to get to bowl games. It's easier than it used to be, but a lot of things are. But it's a lot easier to get from four and eight, five and seven to seven and five, eight and four mm-hmm. than it is to get from eight and four to ten and two. Amen. That's I mean, especially on Mississippi State schedule, ten and two means you've won two of these games. You've either won you've beaten two of Alabama, LSU, Auburn, Texas A and M every year. Every year. That's mm-hmm. ten wins. To get to ten wins, you've got to win those games because you're not going four and zero in there. You might go three and one. And you lose another game. You know, you could play Georgia that year or something. You know, being ten and two means you're six and two in the conference every year, and you're four and zero in the non-conference. That's what ten and two is at Mississippi State. Uh, there, there is no, there's no other way to get there. That it, I, I agree. You know that that's a process. Moorhead, his his biggest mistake was talking too big day one, and for whatever and. Sort of take us back to the original question. Fitzgerald never talked big, especially day one. Now, by the end of it, he was a confident quarterback. Yeah. He believed in himself, and as well he should. And, you know, I think that through four or five years from now, that guy will be remembered as a, as a hero at Mississippi State. In all honesty, he might be the second greatest quarterback in school history. From a numbers perspective, he won plenty of games. You know, he beat, he won two Egg Bowls. Well, I mean, he didn't just win. The two egg bowls he played start to finish. The the, the score combined is ninety nine to twenty. Or, no, I'm sorry, it's ninety to twenty three. I mean, who else can say that? Nobody. Yeah. Not Dak. Not Madkin. Not Bond. Nobody has got that kind of of, of dominance of, of Ole Miss, and that's something MSU fans want. So, what can Joe do to? I, mean, I guess if you we talked about this yesterday. You finish seven and five. You win the Egg Bowl again. You go to the bowl and win it. I think everybody's fine. Mm-hmm. I think all the dis- discomfort and everything just settles back down. But you got to do that because if you don't, if you don't, if you go five and seven, then the criticism is is fair and justified at that point. It's not just, well, you know, I miss Mullen. You know, people see Mullen beating Auburn on Saturday. And they're like, oh my God, if he was still here, what would we be doing? I'll be honest with you. I think if Mullen were still here this season, he'd still be struggling. You wouldn't Mullen wasn't beating Auburn on Saturday. Now he might have beaten Kansas State. And so you might have one more win, but that's it. You know, this was always going to be this kind of year. The problem is, and we I keep saying it every week, it's that when you go from disappointing season to disappointing, you can't do that. And that's sort of what MSU is trying to fight right now. Yeah. So we'll see if they can get and that. And I, I personally still think State would have a win over K-State if the suspension gate hadn't been going on. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree that, with that. I think, and, I, and I don't think that's Joe I'm, Moore's fault I'm fascinated all, to see this weekend because we feel pretty confident that Willie Gay and that group is going to play. If he can play the whole game, if he can not get thrown out, how good is State defensively? Because if, if, if they go up there, and not, not that Tennessee's good, but if State just handles them and wins the game. I mean, I'm not thinking, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but if they just win the game like 38-3. to I, At that point, you have to say, okay, if these suspensions hadn't happened, which are not Moorhead's fault, 
this team would not be in this situation. They'd be five and one right now. Yeah. You know, and the Auburn game might have been a little different. Yeah. And and you know, that's another thing that I want to say about Joe Moorhead because and it's another reason that I personally, from a personal standpoint, I hope Joe Moorhead is successful. I think he is the most he is is one of, if not the most hum, humble and like honest coaches with us. And and he doesn't he could he could lean on this suspension crap that's been going on all year as a crutch. Like, oh, you know, Kansas State, look at what I'm dealing with here. You know, you know, go to go to Auburn. I don't have Willie Gay and Lee Autry and things, which I don't think they would have made a darn the way that game went. But just saying, right. I mean, he, he could lean on that as a crutch. Yeah. He has not one time leaned on that. And in fact, doesn't ever really talk about it unless like today he got peppered like four questions in a row about suspensions. Yeah. And and he was as open about it today as he could have possibly as he could have possibly been and talked about it more than he has at any point. And he even said, you know, I'm not using this as an excuse, but yes, it has been a challenge. Yeah, I agree. And it has you're so, darn right it's been a challenge. That, I, wanna, I, I think people forget how much of a role that some of these guys would have had. And it's not Joe's fault. That that is not Joe's fault in any shape, form, or fashion. I agree. To me. I'm gonna finish up with this. And that, you know, like I said, Joe Moorhead, there there is justifiable criticism of him. All right. Some of the things he does he does offensively, the fact that it, that the offense has not been really good or really innovative to me, that's that's justifiable criticism. But for wins and losses, I mean, right now you're a game behind the pace. Last year, I mean, in reality, what were you, you were probably a game off the pace in the regular season. That's probably a nine and three team. That ended up going eight and four. They shouldn't have lost to Florida. This team has shouldn't have lost to Kansas State. If they go seven and five, it's the exact same thing. You're a game off the pace. But yet, you said back during the offseason, I think at one point that you were kind of calling for seven and five. I thought they'd lose a game they shouldn't, and they have. Now they that, that the problem is the game I thought they would lose that they shouldn't was probably going to be like. I don't know. A&M or something. Well, I'm, well I don't even know if that's... May, I, I didn't know Tennessee was going to be what it is, so I was thinking maybe it was Tennessee. Yeah. A&M was a game I was considering a loss. So, I mean, they don't have any more margin for error. But, to me, nothing changed prediction-wise last weekend for me. I mean, that's still a terrible Tennessee team. Arkansas was on the bye. They didn't look any good. Ole Miss is better than I thought they were going to be, for sure. But, they've beaten... They've beaten a terrible Arkansas team, a terrible Vanderbilt team, and they they had struggles with a FCS team. Everybody's pumping them up like they're the second coming of, of you know the '85 Sooners out there. They haven't beaten anybody. They go on the road this week to Missouri. They play well in that game. Yeah. Maybe I'll take a, a different per- perception of them. And oh, by the way, but if they th- get beat down, what do oh, I, what am I seeing from them? And that game is going to be in Starkville, and it's going to be against what I would bet a lot of money is against a full strength Mississippi yeah, State. Yeah, everybody's playing in that game yeah. for sure. So for sure. So we'll see what happens. So I'm not going to be one of these guys tells you you, you can't criticize Moorhead, but I, I I do feel sometimes that people are criticizing him because just because of who where he he is in the in the lineage of MSU coaches. I feel like that's coming. I feel like it's, it's. I don't think it's as bad as it was with Fitzgerald. Yeah, but there's something to it, especially yeah. as Mullen continues to be successful at Florida. Which, by the way, he's he's going to be successful at Florida, but he's not going to be national championship successful, and that's what they hired him to do. But I saw. I think it was Bo Bounds. I don't like to call out other people, but I mean, I know that he tweeted. He said, "Give him two more classes." Okay, well, his two classes compared to Kirby Smart's two classes. What are we talking about? He, Smart will always get better players. 
Always, because Mullen's not a good recruiter, and Smart is. And so it's just that simple to me. All right. And two, and I will say again, we said it earlier, you don't want Joe Moorhead listening to Bob from Bogachetta. No, you do not. I, I don't understand how that could even be misconstrued yeah. as a if, as Imagine a, if Freeze as a comment. If Freeze got up there and said that. And people would be like, well, you do do it, though. We see yeah. your, your Twitter. I, I, Moorhead pays attention to Twitter. But I've never seen him just respond or react. push after a random fan. Yeah. You know, he he hasn't done that. Now, if he does that, then we can re, we can rehash this discussion and say, okay, now what he's doing, he doesn't need to be doing. SEC picks time. We got uh, we got a good slate of games this week. I am two games up on Joel again. His beloved Rebels came through for him. Uh, we're gonna do. We're gonna. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna acquiesce to the people. What we did last week, where we one, two, three, and we pick. I think it worked. I like it. So we'll we'll do that, and that way we, nobody can say this is an unfair process. So we got we'll get the games out of the way. I think we'll 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 both agree on. Uh, South Carolina travels to Georgia. Both take the Bulldogs there. We will. Alabama goes to Texas A and M. I don't know why A and M is ranked. No, nah, I just I don't get that. So we'll both take the Crimson Tide. Uh, and the rest of these games, we might have some dissension on. So okay. let's let's look at them. One, two, three, and say it. Yeah. So UNLV at Vanderbilt. Oh gosh. I don't know much about UNLV. Let me see what their record is overall. UNLV football. I know. I wish I could cover a game there. I know that Vanderbilt is the worst team in the SEC. Yeah, they're they're worse than than Arkansas is. Um, UNLV on the season is one. They are one and four. Mm. They lost to Arkansas State, Northwestern. Wyoming, who who beat Missouri. Missouri, and they lost to Boise State last weekend. Who'd they beat? Southern Utah. Okay. So they're obviously not very good either. The game's at Vanderbilt. <laughs> All right, here we go. One, One two, two, three, three Vandy. Vandy. All right, yeah. so we'll both take the Commodores there. Uh, Ole Miss travels to Missouri. It looks like Kelly Bryant's going to play after that dirty, dirty hit he took. That was really nasty. That guy should have been should be suspended a game for that hit. Um, this is a real litmus test for the Rebels, like I said. They've, they've pounded three not great teams. Missouri is pretty good. Uh, we'll find out what they've got. Let's do this here. If Ole Miss wins this game, they're, they're probably they're going, going to a bowling. bowling. Yeah. Because they, they would have, that would be their fourth win. They've still got New Mexico State. They just got to win one more. And that's all they got to get. I mean, can they beat A&M at home? Good. Probably. Could they beat Mississippi State on the road? Possibly. If they get this win, they're going to a bowl. We'll see what, you, what we think. One. one. Two, three, Missouri. Missouri. All right. We'll both take the, the, the Tigers there. In one of the semifinal games of the worst team in the conference, we'll go with Arkansas at Kentucky. Uh, I don't know if, if Sawyer Smith is, is fully healthy for this one or not. I don't know that it's really going to make a huge difference. Neither of these teams are any good. This will be a painful game to watch. I do not plan to do so. Timeout. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't know who I want to pick. All right. Take a moment there. <laughs> Oh, I may, I may pause and be like one, two, three, and let you go. Kentucky, <laughs> whatever you say. I'm just okay. Gonna do it. I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah. One, one two, two, three. three. Arkansas. I'm gonna take Arkansas. I'm All taking right. Kentucky. All right. All right. I just I don't I I, I, I don't trust it. But I, I I I hate picking Arkansas to win on the road. But they looked better. I, mean, I know the A and M game has been sort of a, a weird thing for them lately. 
But they look better. Yeah, here, here was my... And I don't know if Kentucky's got a, a healthy quarterback. Here was my thought process behind that. was It seems like the Arkansas A&M game is always close, no matter what. Yeah. The, the game, and so I'm trying to like but, man, throw that out of my mind. South and, and Carolina handled look, Kentucky. They did. They did. I, I just This is going to be an ugly... I could see Arkansas winning like 13-10 to 10 or something yeah. like that. So anyway, the winner. I think the winner of this. I think I would. If you if you want Brian's betting advice on this one, take the under. Whatever the under is on this game, I would take it. Last one, game of the night, and what a game this should be! Top ten matchup down in Tiger Stadium, uh, eight or seven p.m. kickoff. So the atmosphere should be fantastic. Florida versus LSU. Florida, of course, handled Auburn pretty easily. This is LSU's first real home test. Obviously, they got tested on the road, and that's a good thing. And they they were able to take down Texas. Um, Winner of this game, this is sort of a de facto SEC championship runner-up preview. I think everybody thinks it's going to be Alabama and Georgia, but these are the next two teams for sure. And if Florida somehow wins this game, they're suddenly very dangerous because then they just got to beat Georgia. Yeah, and and they can get there. But I, I we'll, we'll see how that goes. All right, here we go. One, one two, two, three. LSU. Yeah, the Tigers are going to win this one. I think Florida. They're very good defensively. They're not good enough offensively in this game. And the spread's still like 13 and a half. I it? would take Florida to cover that. Yeah. I would take Florida to cover that, but I would not take them to win the game. Do not, I would not take the Florida money line at all. LSU wins this game. Thir- 28, not me, 31, 17, something like that. If Florida had an elite quarterback, they'd be in trouble. They, 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 would, they, would, be, they would be in good shape, but they don't, so... All right, tomorrow's show is about the rumblings. Get yeah. us your questions in. A, a traditional rumblings this yeah, week. Yeah, more traditional. No no special guests this week. Come in with your questions. We'll be happy to answer them, including even if you're Bob from Boca Chitta, we will answer your That's questions. That's right. And it, not saying that you can't ask baseball questions if you want to do that. But yes. anyway, traditional. Right. Football, but, baseball. Whatever you want to get Braves. At. We're here. Cardinals. Yeah. Boo. Don't don't, 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 don't don't burden yourself with negative negative thoughts over there. <laughs> Guys, have a great Tuesday. We'll be back with you on Wednesday. For Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.